And I, I'm not a napper. I really hate naps. Okay. Um, I've never taken a nap on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I always only take naps accidentally. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up and I'm very confused and I'm very disoriented. Yeah. But I woke up and it's like evening. Yeah. It's nighttime. And like I had to eat something and I felt like my day had just started because I woke <laughs> up and went for a bike ride. And then fell asleep. And then fell asleep. And so now it feels like I'm like waking up for the beginning of my day, but it's evening. <laughs> and so, and because I had slept for a couple hours, I wasn't ready to go to bed at a normal time. Yeah. So I went, didn't go to sleep until like midnight <laughs> last night. Just compounding the problem. And then woke up at six o'clock for work. Like, <laughs> I can't, I can't get enough sleep, but I you should stop taking naps. It doesn't seem to be helping. I like. I really. I don't remember falling asleep. I remember like laying down and being like, just a you know, just I, a minute. I don't know how you, you can only delude yourself on yeah. that when you're when yeah. you're so tired. But just <laughs> no, I'm just gonna lay down for a second because I'm a little worn out. Right? Yeah. Like I was just standing up in the shower after yeah, being on a bike to, ride. Time to let lie me, down. Let me rest my legs. Pfft, nope. Three hours, <laughs> four hours later, or whatever. Just unconscious. So now, now I just worked all day. Yeah. Or a normal day, and uh, I'm still very tired. Yeah. But I have tomorrow off, so maybe I will go to bed at a normal time and sleep a normal amount. Yeah. Or you could stay up to like 3 a.m. and then wake up at 5 and then go for a 40 to 60 <laughs> mile bike ride again. <laughs> I could just uh, keep compounding the problem yeah. for the rest of my See life. See how long it goes. Yeah. Till you die. <clears throat> do you think? Do you think you'll ever feel cut up on sleep? Do you feel like you sleep enough? Yeah. Yeah. I sleep fine. You don't have any sleeping problems? No. Yeah, neither do I. Except when I like don't let yeah. myself sleep yeah, enough. Yeah, no, I've I'm I think part of that is because I'm I'm in a job that is not stressful anymore. Like it's not stressful at all. It's very little stressful. I don't like I was walking out today, like I was leaving, I had my backpack on. My boss grabs me, I pass him in the hall, he's like, Hey, you got a sec? I'm like, Yeah, sure, because whatever. Because my, my job is that relaxed. Like, I don't care that I'm, you know, being interrupted when I'm leaving. Sure. Because uh, it's not, like, going to ruin my day. He's like, oh, hey, uh, we need to do a project. I need something. It's going to be Monday. Uh, so if you could work up a proposal for me and uh, give me three different options, uh, you know, soon so I can propose it to everybody else and see if it's ready to go Monday. Like, that should be a stressful thing because it's the end of my day. I'm getting more work added onto my list of things I've got to do. Right. And it's due very soon. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's got to be fully implemented by Monday. It's Tuesday, so you know less than a week. And then, like, I was like, okay. And I start walking to my car, and I go, okay. Well, I could do A, B, or C. Uh, so I really just need to research and flesh out those three. I probably think C is the best. And so now it's just the work of actually doing it. <laughs> Sounds nice. Like I figured that out between like talking to my boss and and getting to my car. And you don't, and like, you don't mind that you're like in work mode in your brain, like while you're not technically. No, working. well, I'm because yeah, it's because who cares? Yeah, like your drive isn't stressful enough that yeah. that would bother you. No, it feels like like it. You shouldn't call it your job <laughs> if it's not stressful. <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's like is there thing? another word for that? <laughs> a career. Oh, that's, okay. That's what that's called. <laughs> okay, uh, I think. I think, I think it's Chris Rock has an amazing bit about a job versus a career. Really? Yeah. 
uh, where he, he talks about like you know a career is something you know, like it's what he does. He's a comedian. He he's you know doing what he wants. He's working a lot, but he has to do it. But he's happy doing that the whole time. Whereas a job is you know you're working. You know you're playing the game. You're gonna like, I'm not gonna look at the clock for like three hours. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna just barrel down. I'm gonna shell these shrimp. I'm just going to just do it for, you know, three hours and I won't look up. And then you look up and 15 minutes has passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's a job. Yeah. See, I don't, it's weird. Like my, my current job, it's, it depends on the kind of day. Oh, sure. So, so badly. Like today, for example, today flew by. Mm-hmm. I, it's because I was off the previous day. I came in with plenty to do and yeah, like I, I never had to be like looking for something to do. Mm-hmm. I never have to look for something to do because I always have a giant list. It's, Sometimes yeah. I have to like sit up and look at my list and go, oh God, what do I want to start working on now? Sure. Um, but today it was just one thing after another kept coming up. So my day goes by quickly. And then other days it it's like that. Yeah. Where I sit down and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start working. And then it feels like it's time for lunch and it's been an hour. Yeah. And it just feels like it never ends. Yeah. I generally don't have that. The other times when I'm not doing anything, but I'm also in a position where like not doing anything isn't bad for me. Right. Like I don't have someone looking over my shoulder like what are you accomplishing? What do you what right. value are you adding to our service right now? Yeah. I, I mean I don't have that either. Which is good. Yeah. That's nice. Um so like worst case scenario I'll put on like a YouTube video for 20 minutes. <laughs> right. Right. Uh and or you know go downstairs and get an ice cream because I can do that cuz there's ice cream <laughs> and beer. Although they put up signs that said for employees only near the beer, <laughs> which makes like anytime you see a new thing like that, it's like somebody screwed up. Right. Yeah. What, somebody made a bad decision. I want to know the story. Yeah. <laughs> Someone brought a friend to the office and the friend drank a bunch of beer or something. I guess. Like, I don't know. Or, you know, they gave it to a 12 year old. Something dumb. Because <laughs> we have kids and families that show up there. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was uh, uh, funny. But... You don't have any 12 year old employees? No, we do have some young employees, but I don't think anybody's 12. <laughs> uh, that People were in one of our Slack channels were like listing off what year they were born, and somebody said 95. Wow. I, that's 22? 22, yeah. Like it's not an outrageous 22. age to be. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels it feels fake. Like 95 <laughs> still feels like you should be a child. Yeah, a little bit. My favorite thing is uh, thinking about how old or what year – do you have to be born in to be getting your driver's license right now? Yeah. And uh, 2001. Oh, <laughs> it's, it hurts every time I hear it. Yeah. 2001. There's mm-hmm. people. I mean, there's some people who can get their license. Like, we can get a learner's permit at 15. At 15. Okay. Yeah. So, so there are people who are driving cars born after nine 11. Yes. Who are driving cars by themselves. Yes. Not by themselves. Well, like, like, like yeah. their hands are on the wheel. Yeah, Their hands are on the wheel. Their feet are on the pedal. Born after nine eleven. Yeah. <sighs> uh, mm. There's a there's an organization. I think it's a university. Maybe it may just be a different like a demographics organization. I can never remember it. And every time I look it up, it's always hard to find. Mm-hmm. But they do a class of 2017, class of 2016 sort of thing every year, mm-hmm. usually around graduation time. Yeah. Where they sort of look at the class of 2017, those people who are graduating high school right now. Um, and will will be the graduating college class of 2021 mm-hmm. and sort of say like, what does their world look like? Like, what are the things they've always known to be true? What are the things they've never dealt with? Mm. Um, you know, an example being like Kurt Cobain has always been dead 
Sure. Like those sort those sorts of things. And sort of those cultural milestones. And it's a really fascinating thing to look at and sort of see like what is the worldview of somebody who is graduating high school right now. Right. You know, always they've always known that uh, housing was a bubble or things like that. Right. Uh, and it's big things and it's little things. And some of them I go, I know exactly what that's talking about. Some of them I'm like, I, I don't understand that reference. Right. But it's a really fascinating thing to look at and sort of see, like, how do people view the world? Right. And I'm, there's teenagers around who have always had Facebook. Yeah. Since they were born. Pretty much, yeah. Right. I mean, because I, I got Facebook. Facebook, oh. when I was a freshman, Facebook existed. Uh-huh. And that was 2005. So almost. Yeah. Well, and I don't know exactly how long I've been around before then. But yeah. when I when I joined Facebook, you had to have a .edu email address to join. You joined that early? Yeah. Yeah. I was a, I was a little bit later than that. but. And you were only – only certain universities got it. Right. So, like, it was a big deal that my university had Facebook. Right. Or the Facebook, as right. it was called. The – oh, boy. You know what's cool? Articles. A billion dollars. <laughs> I understood that reference. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm tired. That's fair. It's easy to be tired if you don't sleep enough. Yeah. But now I'm like, like, oh, I got tomorrow off. Maybe I should, you know, wake up early and go for a bike ride. Or just you know, sit at home and play video games. But no, I'm going, I need to go to sleep at a reasonable time. I need to turn my alarm off and let my body sleep as much as it wants to. Yeah. And then... Maybe not go for a bike ride tomorrow. Yeah. Watch some TV. Play a video game. I should watch some TV. I don't have video games. You should get a video game. <laughs> Which video game? Uh, Torment Tides of Numenera dropped today. I want to play that one soon. Okay. I don't yeah. know what that Did is. You, you never played like old classic RPGs? No. Like Planescape Torment or uh, like there's, there's a bunch of them. But Planes, so Planescape was a very, very famous one. Planescape Torment. Mm-hmm. was a very very famous one um it was super heavy story like it's like 90 percent words hmm. um there were some characters but it was also very choice driven you know like in like mass effect or the witcher or other games where they're like hey you choose good or bad and like see how things change right this was a real version of that <laughs> where your choices had consequences shots fired <laughs> yeah i mean that's but it, but it, it, they could do that because it was very text-driven. So you would get different storylines. You get different things open up. Like, that was a part of the experience. Um, and a lot of people <clears throat> love those games. And there have been a new number of sequels since then. Not sequels, but simil- similar games. Like, uh, Wasteland 2 came out a couple years ago. Pillars of Eternity mm-hmm. came out a couple years ago that are in that same vein. You know, they're top-down, isometric RPGs. Very, very story-driven. And Planescape Torment was the most beloved of these for a lot of people and the original creators of planescape torment got like a kickstarter five years ago four or five years ago it's been a while now to create another torment game Hmm. um in that same sort of vein and the release version which came out today has 1.5 million words of text in it oh my god yeah like, like, and it's and it's a and there's a game around it with like an interface and characters that, and art and that's text that is displayed to you as story yeah. in the game. Yeah. That's a And that's how you interact with it. That's a humongous amount of writing. Absolutely, yeah. Oh my gosh. And I backed it on Kickstarter way back when, and so I got my copy today and I'm very excited to to sit down and read this game. That's cool. 
do you um, do you read it not play it you you do both so because again <laughs> because you've got that much text you can make choices that have repercussions in four hours later's worth of gameplay right that you didn't expect or you know there's so many branching trees of things that you can actually have meaningful change and impact and are the i feel like in lots of these modern games with choice-based storyline mm-hmm. the the decision trees are Usually seem fairly transparent. Yeah, it's like good choice, bad choice. Do you want to be a nice guy or do I want to kick a box of kittens? Right, and usually like like the at the end of the game, there's an outcome, and you're like, oh, that was the good outcome, yes. as opposed to the bad outcome. Like, it, it's cool that it would be cool to have a game a little more nuanced than yeah. that. Yeah, well, and so there's there's five or six uh, tides, T I D E S, like of in the ocean mm-hmm. that you you contain all of them but you grow stronger in one or the other based on your choices. So it's not good and evil, it's gold or silver or red. And mm-hmm. each one of those, like, you know, if you're in the, the gold path, you are more like self-sacrificing to help others. If you're in the red path, you're a little more brash. If you're in the blue path, you're more intellectual. And you can have all of these in differing amounts and that's gonna impact how people react to you, what choices you have down the line. But it's not like, do you want to, I don't know, save the prisoner, save the prisoner or abandon or the prisoner, kill the prisoner. Yeah. Right. Like those sort of like arbitrary binary choices. Right. Yeah. Those are never all that exciting. Yeah. Um, or you can watch some TV or I could watch some TV. Still working my way through the good place. Yeah. How far are you? Uh, I think I've seen five or six episodes. Okay. It's really it, funny. It really still. starts picking up after about five or six. Yeah. The first, like first episode's really good. Two, three, and four are a little samey. Like it's kind of like uh-huh. circling the same points with yeah. a little bit of progression. Yeah. After that, it really starts picking up. I'm realizing, sitting here recording this with you, just how long it's taking me to watch this show. Because yeah, I it's feel taking like a long time. I feel like I've mentioned watching it in our previous two recordings. I think so. Yeah. Which, if you're listening to this episode now, would have been five episodes ago. Yeah. I'm not giving myself a whole lot of time to watch television. you're not <laughs> <laughs> so i guess you're gonna watch some tv tomorrow yeah maybe i'll, I'll maybe i'll finish the good place tomorrow there you go. that's a goal do a little binge watching yeah that's as, uh that's hip with the kids today. as the hashtag millennials like to say yeah that's that's uh hip um i with it i <laughs> very with it kevin <laughs> i am almost finished with book two of harry potter cool yeah enjoying that yes actually very much good uh it's a little more exciting mm-hmm. and than the first one, I think. Mm-hmm. The conflict of the Chamber of Secrets has mm-hmm. been actually like building since mostly the beginning of yes. the story instead of a thing that gets showed just shows up yeah. flaring up in the final third. Yeah. Um that's yeah, really good. There's a there's a thing on the loose, isn't there? There's a thing that's maybe on the loose and maybe someone is opening a chamber and maybe releasing yeah. it and no one knows who and someone do you, do you know what? Um Harry flashbacked through the diary of the guy to the past and saw young Hagrid with a spider thing. Okay. But we don't it's not clear if that is the monster in the Chamber of Secrets or who was actually opening the Chamber of Secrets if it wasn't young Hagrid. And Okay. Whose diary is it? It's been a long time since I've read this. It was some guy who... Uh, I forget his name, but it was... Uh, is it uh, Tom something? Tom Riddle? 
Yeah, that's it. I think that's his name. Yeah. Yeah. He was like so his diary. Head boy 50 years in the past or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, boy, I mean, there's there's adventure, there's intrigue, mm-hmm. there's friendship. Mysteries. There's mystery, there's comedy, um, sports. Love that Quidditch. The Quidditch is a little better in this one. <laughs> I was really bored with the Quidditch in the first one. I know. The Quidditch is a little better in this one. Um, there's there's a uh, there's a book later on that's like a large portion of the book is about Quidditch. Hmm. Great. Yeah. Hope hopefully it continues to get better. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm like thoroughly surprised at um like I feel like I'm lacking a a depth in the story okay um it just but i'm pleasantly surprised at just like how much fun it is yeah like it's a super fun story good and i'm I'm hoping and expecting the, the books in the future to get more and more deep mm-hmm. and maybe like perilous because yeah. i'm still not all that concerned about the chamber of secrets being an actual like yeah danger or real threat to the characters i care about that's fair um but i feel like I, I, I imagine Voldemort becomes a very powerful person and becomes a genuine threat in the future and I'm ready for He's like... kind of a dick. I'm ready for some real stakes. Yeah. There's no, there's no vampires. No stakes are necessary. Okay. There's no vampires in this world? There's no vampires in the books? I think vampires exist. Someone mentioned werewolves in the, in the forest. Werewolves definitely exist. Okay. But I don't know about vampires. No, they do, because someone, when Harry was found out to be a, what's the term, parcel tongue? Yeah. Someone was making fun of him by chasing him around with a clove of garlic. Okay, so well, so that means the concept of vampires exists, right? So then, but that doesn't necessarily mean real vampires exist. That could just be a fiction. It means they exist in the universe as much as they exist in our real life yeah. universe. Okay, at least as much as they do here. Okay. Which means that they're real, because vamp- vampires are real. They're yeah, yeah. Uh huh. They're out to get you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Harry Potter still pretty good. Good. I'm. <clears throat> I do this thing when I am working my way through a series mm-hmm. of media, be it some books or a TV show. I guess not with the Good Place right now. <laughs> <laughs> but like. I reach a point where I become incredibly eager to finish it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not because I'm like over it and want it to be done with. You just want to get through it. You like, want to experience it, it. Well, it's not even, it's, it's not quite just like excitement and want yeah. to get it all. It's like, like once I see the accomplishment of it being completed in sight, I'm, <laughs> I just like want, I want to be there. You want to unlock the achievement. It, there's, it's like an impatience. Yeah. Um, and I remember doing this when I watched through Hannibal, Mm-hmm. Uh, last summer, I watched three seasons of Hannibal in like three or four days. Yeah, and like the first day, I was just like, "I'm not going to do anything today and just watch Hannibal." And then like middle of the second day, I was like, "Okay, I can do this. I'm just going to watch <laughs> Hannibal as fast as I can." I just you like did. I just had to get it over with and, yeah. done, and and done. And I'm like almost two books into Harry Potter, and I'm like already <laughs> like I just got to get this through. <laughs> the engine I'm, is ramping yeah, up. Yeah, like I can feel it, and it's, it's such an easy and fast read too. I just burned through most of this book in like three yeah. days. Yeah. So. I would argue they do get more difficult to read as well. Like I think the, the, not the quality of the writing, but the complexity of the writing increases. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. Cause yeah, the first two you could read in a couple days. 
oh, yeah. without much trouble. But like I'm I'm really enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. It's pleasant. Did you ever do you ever like find yourself um like cuz I, I read before I go to bed. Like mm-hmm. that's a very common thing. Like I went a stack of books in my Kindle all next to my bed. And so yep. I'll pick one up and, and read before I go to bed, usually 10, 15 minutes. Uh, but there are occasions where if I am towards the end of a book, I will not read for 10 to 15 minutes. I will read for the next four hours. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's not less an impatience like yours is, but it's more like I just I want to finish the book. Like I'm very like you're into I'm it. very into it. And so then it's like 3 a.m. and I need to go to bed, but I'm still reading this book. <laughs> but, I mean, by then, hey, you're up really late already. What's another hour? You might as well That's just finish kind it. kind of is how it works. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and it's not every book, but, like, there are definitely books where I've gotten to that point and been like, I am I guess I'm finishing this tonight. Like, yep. I'm going to just sit and continue to read. Yeah, I can relate to that. I struggle with that, though, because um, reading at night puts me to sleep like nothing else. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that because it's it's the the ritual of it in my case. Right. Yeah, it's it, it like my eyes get so heavy and so <laughs> tired looking at a paper book. Yeah. when it's dark out. Yeah. Um. But I've been trying to do that actually recently because I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like, you know, speaking of not getting enough sleep, I'm trying to improve my sleeping habits. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, specifically not staring at my phone at for night. like yeah. two hours in bed like before I fall asleep yeah. just refreshing stuff because that's not doing anyone any good no so I'm trying to like put my phone away and then get into bed often with a book yeah um because that'll just put me to sleep and then when I can't keep my eyes open anymore just put my book down turn my light off and, and you're good pass out um but I'm also trying this thing so I'm uh this is like one of my worst personality not personality this is like one of my least favorite characteristics of myself okay um i suck at getting out of bed okay i'm very bad at it you 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 wake up and you doze and you read your phone and yep like my alarm goes off so typical day for me Mm -hmm. i start work at eight Mm -hmm. i have to leave my house at 7 57 to be at work on time yeah (laughs) um but i like to have i like to have a a lot of time in the morning to slowly and comfortably get ready, make breakfast, mm-hmm. relax. You know, I don't want to be rushed in the morning. So I set my alarm for six. Okay. That is very aspirational. <laughs> but what I do is because I know I, I'm capable of getting out of my bed at 740 mm-hmm. and, being, and being at work and on being time. at work on time. Yeah. That is a, a feat I can accomplish. Mm-hmm. And because my brain knows that a lot of the time, Alarm goes off at six and I snooze it and I'll snooze it like five times, five or six times. And then when I finally turn my alarm off, I look at my phone and I look at Twitter (laughs) and Instagram and Tumblr and I'm refreshing all these things and doing that for like another hour sometimes before I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And I get out of bed and I rush to work and I hate that. It feels horrible. (laughs) I feel bad about myself. My body feels gross because I don't like, I don't get to like relax and comfortably do anything. Yeah. So I've tried things to change that engineer a solution away from being okay. able to do that um classic one is put your phone far away so yeah. you don't have to get out of it's your a classic bed one yeah to turn your alarm off mm-hmm. and the thinking goes if you're out of your bed you're out, you're of, your out of your bed you're good don't go back to bed that's not how that works no because i get up and i turn my alarm off and, and then, then i go just back to bed walk right back to my bed and fall <laughs> it's back right there it's, yeah it's right there um <laughs> One time when I was uh, when I was young and living at home with my parents, mm-hmm. there I think this was like I don't know what got into me. 
I think it was like during a summer vacation in high school okay. or something. And there was a week where I was feeling real bad about how lazy you were. How lazy I was being. So I told my mom, if I don't get out of bed within five minutes of my alarm, I owe you $5 <laughs> every, every day for a week. Did that work? It worked perfectly. Okay. Yeah, I got out of bed. Yeah. I didn't give my mom any money. And because it was my mom, she's like an authority and I yeah. would have to give her the money. I wouldn't have a choice. And I've, I've, I've long wanted some kind of like technology solution to that. Like <laughs> some kind of alarm integrated with like IFTTT or something yeah, that if I... And tied to a bank account that... Right. Just pull money. Don't, yeah. donate, this, donate $5 to something yeah. if you can't verify I'm awake mm-hmm. by a certain time or whatever. Yeah, solve a puzzle or something. Right. Right. Um... But I haven't been able to figure that out. So what I've been doing for the last yeah. week or so is I put my phone far away mm-hmm. in my bathroom. Okay. So my phone is charging in my bathroom. Yeah. And what I've been able to do through, I have just enough willpower, <laughs> just enough willpower. I get, my alarm goes off. I get out of my bed and go into my bathroom. Uh-huh. And before I turn my alarm off, I turn my shower on. Okay. <laughs> right? So now your shower's on. Now my shower's on. I turn my alarm off and I turn around and go, I could go back to my bed <laughs> or you just get in the shower. That shower's already on. Yeah. I could just get in that nice warm shower. <laughs> and so far, it's been effective. The shower's been winning. That's good. Yeah. And I'm hoping that the frequency of this will build the habit. Mm hmm sooner than the appeal of the shower wears off. Yeah. We'll tell you what, every time you don't get in the shower, give me $5. <laughs> but see, you're not an authority like my mom. If you say, Jesse, you owe me $5, I can say, no, I don't. Yeah, you do. I can't say that to my mom. Okay, give your mom $5 every time you don't get in the shower. But she lives far away. She can't enforce things like that Hey, anymore. Jesse's mom, do you listen to this? <laughs> I want you to text him at like, I don't know, 6.30 every morning and say, are you in the shower? And if he doesn't respond, he owes you $5. I also don't have a problem lying to my mom about something like that. Well, that's just me. <laughs> don't lie to your mom. That's terrible. Why would you lie to your mom? I know. I'm a bad person. Yeah. This is what I'm getting at. I feel horrible. <laughs> I'm a bad person. All I want to do is stay in bed forever. Yeah. Um, One thing that uh, I've seen that I, I kind of like the idea of are the activity-based alarm clocks. Mm-hmm. So there's a few of these. There's like the rolling one. Mm-hmm. You have to chase it. You have to chase it down, like get up and it's rolling randomly around your room and uh-huh. making beeping noises. Uh, there's another one I saw that you had to actually like, it had five or four pieces of a puzzle. Um, and when the alarm went off, it would pop all of those out. Hmm. And so you'd have to collect them and put them back into the top of the alarm clock to turn the alarm clock off. Hmm. And so there's the activity plus the the mental stimulation of turning on and off and fixing the puzzle pieces in. And hopefully, and the idea is hopefully with enough mental stimulation, you're not you're waking up. Yeah. You're not gonna want to be falling asleep again because your brain's awake enough. Yeah, that's yeah. the idea. Yeah. Was he like? I don't need the. It's not the mental stimulation. It's just the willpower. Yeah. For me. So like getting in the shower and once, you know, once you're in the shower, you're in the shower. You're like, awake. You're up. Yeah, yeah. And when I get out, I'm not going to like get back into bed after a shower. Oh, I have done that before. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> not often, but there are definitely times where I'm like, I got 45 minutes. <laughs> Fall asleep again. I could lay back down. Set a timer. But see what I'm able to do now. So for the last like week and a half or so, yeah. I get up at six. Mm-hmm. 
I'm out of the shower and like dressed by 620. Yeah. And then I'm hungry. So you I make some food. So I cook some breakfast and I've made breakfast. I've done whatever chores I need to do by seven. And then I've got an hour mm-hmm. and I'm already like dressed and ready fed for and stuff. Yeah. I got an hour and I can like read some or like, you know, play with my cat or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, you can do all those things. I feel like like I'm a whole new person. I definitely understand that. Is this what like Eat, Pray, Love is about? Yes, that's exactly what Eat, Pray, Love is about. I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm praying. There you go. I'm. You're loving your cat. Loving my cat. Eat, Pray, Love. Perfect. Uh, See, so what's funny is I, I also get up. Most days I get my alarm goes off at 6 and I have to be out of the door at 830. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the variance there. Which means I get enough time that I can snooze it a couple times and still be fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but a lot of times I get up and I get dressed and I do all of that stuff. And then I play like two rounds of Overwatch. <laughs> 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 Which is, is still like interesting that I can do that. Like I can sit down for 30 minutes and play a video game. And Overwatch is easy enough that you can play. Before you go to before work. Before I go to work. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure I did that this morning. Like I logged on. Yeah. Because I. There's a couple of guys I was playing with that were real uh, jerks, and I didn't like playing with them, so oh. I quit. Are, is Overwatch a game that where there's a lot of jerks? Uh, I managed to avoid a lot of them. Uh, I don't know specifically like how, but oh. I I rarely interact with them. I feel like it's the kind of game that doesn't attract jerks. I mean, certainly not like a LOL or a Dota or a CSGO. Oh, God. Like, <sighs> it's not going to get you that level of jerkdom. Right, right. Yeah, Overwatch. Every, everything I see on the internet about Overwatch is like all these like wonderful, cuddly, friendly people who. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Love the game. I like I like the people in general who play Overwatch. Yeah, like I don't get mad at them. You know, it's just it's a fun little silly game. Yeah. Although I was thinking, like I uh, I don't know what triggered this in me recently. Oddly, I feel like it was a YouTube video or something that made me think about this. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think what I might try start doing is instead of playing Overwatch is get back into writing. Yeah. Because I've not done any significant writing for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it was an article I read this morning. That's what it was. That's literally triggered this. Instead of playing Overwatch, I read some gaming articles. Uh-huh. Uh, and there was one by a, um, a guy who I really like and I follow his work. His name is Paul Dean. Mm-hmm. and uh, he runs Shut Up and Sit Down, which is a board gaming website I really like. And he wrote an article about playing the game Stardew Valley. Uh-huh, I've heard uh, of it. It's, it's a very fun game. I really like it. And it's it's a farming simulator, but like cartoony and fun, and you can go to the village, and you can get married to someone there, and it's neat. Um, but he wrote a game about that and like intercut it with like his life growing up not on a farm and like in kind of the suburbs, but like lower class and like feeling trapped in limbo and trying to get out of that and sort of the the struggles of being in a lower class person. He's also from England, so he's talking about like London suburbs and okay. things like that. Yeah. But the same idea is hold true. Uh and he talked about like writing and he talked about there's a character in the game who is a writer. Or claims to be a writer, and he goes, and he says he's a writer, but all I do is see him like walking around town, like he never shows me anything to write. <laughs> and he goes, and I'm a writer, and I know that writing isn't something you tell people you do; it's something you do. Right. And I'm like, man, this is really hitting me in the uh, in the sweet spot. Hmm. Like this is this is making me feel things. Darn journalism. Yeah, it's hard to. There, it's funny when you reach a point where you keep calling yourself something, and you're like, wait, am I still that I, thing? Do I do that anymore? Are you still yeah. a writer? And and that's sort of the thing. I'm like, man. I, 
but I'm not. Like, mm. I haven't been writing a lot. Uh, and in my previous job, I was like, well, it's because I'm exhausted all the time. Like, I get done with a day's work and I don't want to do anything. You don't have any creative energy. No, yeah. but I'm like, well, my job's not easy, but my job is not stressful at all anymore. I have this like half hour every morning where I'm playing Overwatch. Right. Not every morning, but consistently. Like I'm <laughs> playing a video game. Like maybe I should just take that time and like put it towards a creative pursuit and like start stretching that muscle again. Yeah. Uh, and that's literally a revelation I had this morning. So we'll see how it holds so up. What are you doing tomorrow morning? <laughs> uh, sleeping in, definitely. Oh. Because <laughs> uh, like that's the other option I have because I have all this time. So I'm like, right. I just sleep in. Although tomorrow's Wednesday and you, Amy goes to class on Wednesday. So we usually get up around the same time. So I will probably wake up. Yeah. But, um, what kind of writing are you looking to, to do? Uh, I mean, playwriting is what I did the most of. That was always sort of my, my expertise as it were. Mm -hmm. And so I'm considering doing some, some like basic exercises, but also even just doing some free writing of, you know, journalistic, not journal, yeah, journalistic, like as if writing a journal, yeah, um, not free writing to news reporting. Not news reporting, but <laughs> journal journaling. Journaling, not journalism. Yeah, and uh, just something to get to get words on paper. Yeah, uh, digital paper on the computer, not by hand. Not by hand. Yeah, my handwriting's atrocious. <laughs> so is mine. Yeah, because we have computers. Yeah, so that's really fascinating. I hope that works well for you. I do too. Um. I've also been trying to do that a little bit, except I, some of my free time this past week and a half in the morning has been spent journaling with a pen and paper. Okay. Because we've talked about this in the past. Like I like, well, I feel the urge to write stuff mm -hmm. regularly, but I, like, it's a, not a fun process for me to do so. I usually end up doing it out of like a, like a, it's like an exorcism. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so I'm, I've been experimenting with just like, well, there's no pressure to do anything of any quality when you're just putting it on paper in a journal. Mm -hmm. So I've tried to just like sit down with the pen and paper and just fill a page Yeah, in the morning. And it's much easier to do that, I've noticed, than to like, than sitting down at a computer and typing because I don't, you don't have the ability to edit on the fly. Mm -hmm. And it's just... My handwriting is so messy, I can barely read it anyway. So it's just—it's really just like I'm thinking and my hands moving. And those are, might be related. And then a page has ink on it. Yeah. Like, eh, there's not yeah. much of an outcome, but it's a—it's been a, a good exercise, and hopefully, I'm hoping it might result in like my writing muscles getting a little bit stronger, so that it could be easier for me to like write yeah. things on. Well, as a, you know, as I learned in grad school, like writing is a muscle. Like you have to do it all the time. You yeah. Have to, you have to keep at it. It's not something that you can just sit down and do. Yeah. And you know, I've written a thing. It's you have to flex that those parts of your brains. Mm -hmm. That that's all something you have to actively work at. It is work. Mm -hmm. It is difficult. It is not, you know, the guy in your MFA who thinks he's just going to sit down and write the next great American novel because he's so insightful. Yeah, um, it's about it's about like life, right? It's about like everything. Yeah, you know, but also like it's it's universal in its simplicity. <laughs> uh usually straight white dudes are the kind of people who say that yeah. there it's is universal a... it's for everybody yeah yeah it represents yeah. everybody yeah speaking to the inner truth that everyone feels right <laughs> uh, there is a there is a pretty funny guy in your mfa twitter account that's, is there yeah oh good uh that's run by somebody who runs a few different of those like humorous parody accounts uh-huh 
Uh, she also does one that's like young adult fantasy novel. Oh boy! Or young adult young adult dystopia novel, um, <laughs> and it's just like selections from this generic YA dystopian. Yeah. Um, I like the analogy of it to being an exercise, mm-hmm. like and, and and muscles and stuff. Cause yeah, it, like that makes a ton of sense, and it emphasizes that it's something that you need to do regularly to mm-hmm. hold any level of like fitness at. Yes. And if you don't, if you, st- so I'm sure if you try to start writing again, it's going to suck. Yes. Like you're not going to enjoy it very much. No. Like you might f- get some pleasure out of it a little mm-hmm. bit knowing that you're getting it done, but like, it's going to be hard. You're going to feel like you're bad at it compared to how oh, it absolutely. used to be. Yeah. But like you do it long enough and hopefully it you starts get better to get a again. little bit easier. Yeah. yeah. You just get better again. And if you used to do it a lot, like you'll probably mm-hmm. get better at it faster than yeah. I was saying in college, now. like undergrad mm-hmm. and grad school, I was writing all the time. Like yeah. that was what I was doing, um, because it was my job, right? Uh, in a very literal sense, particularly in grad school, and so when it was no longer my job, it became very easy to fall out of the habit. Yeah, yeah, because there, there's no obligation to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever, have you ever, uh, like? worked out physically like gone to a gym or yeah gone, a few times yeah yeah like do you remember the experience of like the day after or like at the end of a workout like a hard workout if you hadn't done it a long time like was that particularly miserable generally yeah 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 and like that like that's what i think about when i think of like trying to start writing again yeah like you don't absolutely because there, there so when i was a because i was a runner in high school uh, the culture of the long distance uh, runners on my team mm-hmm. uh, was very, very anti like weight training. Sure, you gotta, gotta like, go fast. We're, Can't pick we're up runners. Things. We're we're lean. We're skinny. Yeah, and we have endurance. And we run far. Like, don't pick up things. Lifting weights is stupid. Like we yeah. don't need muscles. Yeah, right. Um, but every once in a while, our coach would force us to go to the to the weight room mm-hmm. and like lift mm-hmm. and they would get like you would get the sprinters to like put us through a weight training workout <laughs> and it would demolish us oh sure and i remember like my whole entire upper body like my core and my chest and my arms would just be useless for like two days mm-hmm. and that's what it feels like like every time i sit down at my computer because of the like burning urge is finally making its way out and yeah. i have to put something down on a blog post like that's what it feels like yeah it's like oh god i haven't done this in so long <laughs> i can't do it how do sentences work yeah yeah, and I, I definitely, like, I think it's definitely one of those things that, like, being away from it for a while has made it even more daunting to go back. Yeah. Because uh, I'm like, I like do I know how to structure a play anymore? Like, do I know, like, I'm going to start and just, like, write some dialogue. I'm just going to write two people talking at each other. Yeah. Not unlike this podcast. Hey. But, you know, it, just to get words on paper... Do you want to script the next episode of our podcast? Absolutely not. In no way, shape, or form do I want to do that. <laughs> I think that would be so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, that wouldn't be good, though. No, it would be. I mean. It's a bad idea. It's certainly a bad idea with the amount of writing I've done lately. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, and it's it's weird, but I could definitely. So when I was writing a lot, I was reading a lot of plays. Like that. Those were Those go hand in hand. Those are absolutely related activities. Uh, I think even Stephen King talks about that. He's like, you can't be a good writer if you're not reading a lot. Uh, So I was reading a lot of plays, and I haven't been reading a lot of plays lately, uh, which is something I want to do more of. 
But particularly in my early years, I was very much the kind of, I was doing that kind of writing where you mimic the people you like. Mm-hmm. Intentionally or otherwise, you get their sort of feel for dialogue in their minds. Uh, and in, in your head, and that kind of how, how your writing comes out. Right. Um, and so I'm kind of curious to see like what my dialogue will feel like because I'm so far removed from a lot of those influences now. Yeah, what's what are the primary things influencing you right now that'll come out? I don't know. Overwatch? Like, I, like maybe. <laughs> uh, I Overwatch, some of the TV shows I'm watching. Yeah. But um, those don't trigger the same parts of my brain either. Like mm-hmm. reading plays inspires me to write plays. Like there's there's a definite connection there. Where it feels like, oh, like this is the sort of thing you do. This is how you structure a scene. This is how this is how dialogue works. Right. And like I can tell you, like the three people I wrote the most like were probably David Ives, who's a fi- fairly well-known playwright. High schools produce him all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Mamet. I'm just now realizing two of them are called David, which is uh, shows the breadth of my knowledge of playwriting. <laughs> um. David Ives, David Mamet, and Aaron Sorkin, hmm. uh, who I've not read any of his plays, but he writes like a playwright. Right. Yeah. Uh, of course. And and was a playwright. Like he's written a number of plays as well. And like those were strongly pushing my flavors of dialogue and how I was writing. Uh, and like I would have been proud of that at one point in time. And I think it's yeah. still cool that I could be able to like mimic them and like pull some of that and use those inspirations. But I also don't know that that's what I sound like anymore. Or I don't know what I sound like anymore. Right. Like, what does the dialogue I'm writing sound like? Because I'm a very different person than I was 10 years ago. Right. So you got to write some dialogue and find out I what I guess it I do. Like. Yeah. yeah. I've got to figure out, like, what do I sound like? Huh. That's funny. Yeah, because the you're right that you have to read a lot to, to write. Because otherwise, like, like writing's almost a even if indirectly it's like a response mm-hmm. to what oh, absolutely you're joining a conversation to, to what you're what you're consuming even if it's not literally like i'm writing this blog post in response to this other person's blog yeah. post you mean like that's yeah. a huge amount of writing on the internet absolutely um <laughs> in the blogosphere yeah um but everything everything that you do even in something that's very original and stands alone is in a way responding Mm-hmm. to all the stuff that you've consumed oh, sure. that goes yeah. into it but um yeah so i wonder what you'd be responding to yeah i don't i don't know uh, it makes me want to start reading some more plays like that's certainly well, a list of things i need to do you're still reading plenty of books right i am i'm you're reading st- lots of books you're I'm still doing your like a year. book a week thing yeah you still on track for that uh yeah i'm i think i finished eight right now uh i've documented eight finished books and i'm reading yeah, four or five right now here let me pull up my goodreads you reading? Do you read multiple at a time? Absolutely. Oh, always have. Can't do it. Can't uh, do it. So I, I think I'm, I'm reading four books right now. What? So like, if you go, if you're home and you sit down and you go, five, I'm going to read books. something right now. How do you decide which one of the things you're going to read? Uh, well, so one of the things that I do is that I use different mediums, media. So like, I've got books on my Kindle. I've got hard copy books. I've got audio books. Um, oh right, you count audiobooks. Yeah, those yeah. are those are books. I, I know, I know. I just my my brain always discounts them until yeah. I go. Oh yeah, those are books. So right now I'm actually I'm actually reading two audiobooks because I got one from I bought one, and I also got one from the library that was available, and so I had to start that one. I put the other one on pause, literally. Uh, and I'm reading so I'm reading two digital books, 
um, two audiobooks and one hard copy right now. That uh, so partly just whatever is available to you in the situation yeah. is what you'll pick. Well, up. and certain things like my audiobooks, I generally listen to like in the car, like going to and from work instead right. of podcasts. Yep. Uh, or if I'm doing some menial task like cooking dinner or cleaning the kitchen, I'll put on an audiobook with my Apple AirPods. Ooh. And listen to that while I'm doing something else where I can't, you know, I got to use my eyes for cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll put those on. But like if I'm in bed, I'll generally read a book. Uh, I also read comics. So I've got like a comic. On, like if I'm reading a comic, I'll do it on my Kindle because it's a color screen. Oh, okay. A Kindle Fire. I have, no, I don't have a Kindle Fire. I do have a Kindle Fire somewhere. I have an iPad mini. <laughs> I have a Kindle for books. My uh, iPad is called Kevin's Glorified Comic Reader. Because that really that's ninety percent of what I use it for is reading comic books. Yeah. Wait, you have a Kindle? You have an e-ink Kindle? I have two e-ink Kindles, two e-ink Kindles, a Kindle Fire, mm-hmm. an iPad Mini, Mini Two, an iPhone, mm-hmm. a Mac. I have two Macs. Two Macs. One of them is a work Mac, so I didn't buy it. But an yeah. Apple Watch. Yeah. AirPods. Yeah. You have a lot of ways to consume hashtag content. I do. I have a lot of ways to consume hashtag content. Dang. Uh, yeah, but so I like and on my on my nightstand I have books, my iPad, and my Kindle, like in a stack. Yeah. See, I have yeah. a I have a Kindle Paperwhite, which is great for reading in bed because mm. it lights up and it doesn't bother Amy. So yeah. if she's asleep with the light off, I can still read. It's enough light, and it well, well it's it, not it's not too much light to be disturbing. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh, man. Wow. You do a lot of things all at the same time. I do. Meanwhile, Jesse has a book that he reads. Uh-huh. And then when I finish that one, I start a new one. We well, do TV the same way, though. Yeah. Like, I, I'm watching dozens of TV shows right now. See, I get that because a lot of TV shows air once a week. Yeah. And are currently live. I don't think I'm watching any shows that are currently airing, though. Oh, you should be. I probably should, should be. watch Flash, Supergirl, Riverdale. Uh, I don't. I don't like all those, all those DC TV show things. Those aren't. Those aren't my cup of tea. Have you Have you watched The Flash? It's really good. No, I just know they're not my cup of tea. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> You've never even tasted this tea. It's true. Um, there's like, the problem is, is there's too many television shows and there are i'm very okay with summarily dismissing ones that don't seem incredibly appealing yeah on first impression you should watch uh the expanse that's the sci-fi yeah, show yeah i mean right? i just started it it's real I good i think i watched the pilot and it bored me what yeah keep watching it's good mm, maybe it like people are calling it the next battlestar galactica yeah and they're not wrong Really? I think so. You th- you think if I like Battlestar Galactica and all of its Battlestar Galactica-ness yes. that I will like The Expanse yes. for the same reasons? For very similar reasons. Okay, fine. Now, I've not finished the first season, but I have read the books. I've read the first book that the season is based on, the mm-hmm. series is based on. And it's interesting because a lot of the people who I follow on the internet gave it undying praise yeah and say it's the greatest and they love it to death and i watched the pilot and was like not for me yeah but it's really interesting. i mean i i fully understand yeah. it's a pilot yeah shows change a lot shows can get a lot better or, or just get a lot different yeah, so. someone argued the pilot was the best episode of battlestar galactica 
and it was downhill from there. Um, the opening miniseries or the pilot? The opening miniseries, which okay. was the pilot. Okay. Um, the best episode of Valsar Galactica was the first real episode. 33? 33. Yeah. 33 is the best episode of Battlestar. Yeah. Which is a little bit disappointing when your best episode is your first episode. Yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of great episodes after that, but 33 is... It's not necessarily as Battlestar Galactica in as no. others, but it is a it was the best episode of television that that, that 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 show produced. Yes. Yeah. Oh god, 33 is good. Yeah. Man, I get stressed just thinking about it. <laughs> Every 33 minutes, man. I know you don't uh, play board games, but you should try uh at some point the Battlestar Galactica board game. Is it based on 33? Um not directly, but it definitely feels like 33. Hmm. Um, because it it is it is based in that portion of the show where you are trying to get things done and the fleet is on your tail and every time you jump they're just like minutes behind oh. and so you can jump to safety and they'll, and you'll be out of the range of everything but it's just a matter of time until they find you again You're, you always have to be getting ready for that next jump and you are fighting against losing resources and keeping everybody happy um, and there is probably a silo on your ship and you don't know who it is and you are trying to get things done, but someone is sabotaging you all along the way. God, that show is so stressful. Right? <laughs> so is the game. Yeah, that does sound like and fun. And you can play as characters. So you can be Adama or better Adama or... <laughs> or fat Adama. Fat Adama. You can't be fat Adama, sadly, because he's my favorite. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> yeah, you should check out The Expanse. I'll probably look into it. Yeah. But like... So this is the thing. I so I opened a Goodreads account. Yeah, are we friends? I'm gonna make us friends. Go for it. Uh, I I wasn't planning on using it for the social networking aspect of it. I just want to track what you're reading. But just just so I have a history myself of my uh, of what I'm reading. And so I opened the account a couple of days ago, and I went and I put all the books I've read mm-hmm. uh, recently in there. I was like, oh, I've kind of read a lot of books lately. Yeah, and it made me realize it's like, where did I get all this reading time from? Yeah. And it's from TV. <laughs> like I didn't, you, you've not been watching TV. Like I knew I'd watched, was watching less TV, but I was like, man, I've burned through some books and all I had to do was not like, apparently I was watching hours of TV a day. Yeah. I didn't know so that. So switch to books. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be the like, good. Like, books are better. Stop looking at screens. Yeah. Uh, but it, half my books are on screens. Well, yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know. There, I feel like there's, I don't feel like I'm missing much, mm-hmm. especially because of the way I watch TV where I don't watch a lot of currently airing things. Yeah. And if I'm not watching a show, it means I'm just saving it for a little bit later. Yeah. And for slower consumption. Yeah. So like, it's taken me five weeks to watch the good place yeah. so far um that show's short i know there's, there's 13 only, half hour yeah. episodes um but like it's still there waiting for me yeah it's almost like i'm watching it as if it was currently airing yeah um well, so what's funny is i consume tv and books both in that way where like i so again i read 52 books a year but i don't read one book per week you're, they're all overlapping. Yeah, they're all overlapping and on different speeds. And so, like, I, I will, you know, some, some books, you know, if I get an audio book that's four or five hours long, I'll finish that in a couple days. But some books I'll read over months. Hmm. Uh, and it, it evens out. 
but it's it's a really interesting balance. That's so bizarre to me because I feel like I feel like the experience and the impression on your brain that one piece of media has can have an effect on how you receive another piece of media if Probably. you're if you're consuming them at the same time. Yeah. So like. Well, I'm not reading them simultaneously. But like <laughs> simultaneously enough. Yeah. Where like your brain is going through all this stuff because you're reading book A. Mm-hmm. And then if you're also switching to book B every other day, like your brain state as influenced by book A is affecting how you're receiving book B. And vice versa. And but Yeah, and vice yeah. versa, of course. Yeah. And, and mixed through all the different things that you're sure. consuming. Um, yeah, so what I, we consume affects how what we consume. Right. So I feel like I'm maybe it's a weird and probably futile attempt to like maintain the purity of the one thing I'm trying to consume. Like if I'm reading Harry Potter and the chamber of secrets right mm-hmm. now, like I just want my brain to ha- have Harry Potter and chamber of secrets. If I'm also reading other stuff. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't want, I don't want things to get oddly tied together. I don't see the, the, or I don't have any difficulty maybe in compartmentalizing books just because they're books. I compartmentalize TV shows all the time. Heck, I've been slowly watching uh, the, we talked about fan edits last time, the Jack's Laryngitis fan edit of mm-hmm. Fight Club. Like I've been watching that for 15 minutes at a time. What? Because I'm usually, it's like if I'm waiting for something else to happen, I'll pull it up on my computer for 20 minutes. Um, that makes no sense And to I me. can do that because... I can have these multiple tracks running simultaneously. Is it the best possible way to experience a film? No. But is it good enough? Absolutely. And I do that with books. I do that with TV shows. So being between episodes in a TV show and reading a book between watching episode one and episode two doesn't vastly impact my experience of watching episode two. But you can't just like find a two-hour chunk and just watch i could i just haven't because it's just not worth it because i'm not i'm not that invested in watching the whole thing and like picking it apart like i'm watching it as an interesting experience but it's not like a mandatory thing and there are definitely times like when i do that like if i go to the movie theater like i'm not a guy who has my phone out of the movie theater like i'm not in the movie theater like i'm sitting down i'm enjoying this experience start to finish as an artistic expression. And I'll do that a lot of times if we watch movies at home. Mm-hmm. But not every movie I watch is like that. Some movies are more deserving of that attention than others. Right. Yeah. Speaking of, I really need to see Moonlight. Uh, did you see it? No, I need to. Oh, you need to. Yeah, I, I would like to, to see it as well. I need to see well. Moonlight. I need to see Fences. I need to see Hidden Figures. I need to see like a dozen movies that have all come out in the last six months. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah, the 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 three you just listed are all like Get Out. I need to see Get Out. Oh yeah, I've heard. I need to see the Lego Batman it. movie. Um. So okay, the first four you just mentioned are yes. like are like movies like by and about like black people. Yes, I am not your Negro. There's your fifth one. Yes. Yeah, all of those look amazing. Like all these, <laughs> all of a sudden, all these like black people are excellent movies are coming out, and it's. It seems great, and I haven't seen a single one of them. I haven't either, and I feel bad about it. Like I, I need to see these movies. Did you watch the Oscars? No. Are you an Oscar? Are you an Oscar watcher? No. I was at work. Yeah. <laughs> um, what the funniest thing about that is, I was at game night, so because I play games on Sunday. Oh night. right. Um, and we got done 
you know, 10.30-ish when I'm driving home. And it's in South Austin, so it's about a 30-minute drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get in bed, and I'm, I'm – I've so here's the thing that might throw you off. Uh, I don't read all the tweets in my Twitter stream. Oh, yeah, I figured, but mm, okay, <laughs> yeah. So, like, if it's been five or six hours and I've got 500 tweets, sometimes I'll scroll through them if i got the time. But often I'll just tap the top and scroll to the top and see what's recent. You use TweetBot? Yeah. So you don't get the, like, Twitter apps like, here's what you missed. No, because that's dumb. Yeah. I I, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. dumb if you're a Twitter completionist. I can understand if you're not a Twitter completionist <laughs> not a Twitter why completionist, that might be useful. I still think it's annoying. So Okay. I use I'm I am a Twitter completionist and I use Tweetbot so yes every it doesn't every matter tweet, every so, tweet and but I find that little marker of how many unread tweets I have to be like a useful signifier of like oh God did something just happen in the world because <laughs> like my t- Twitter opening frequency it's usually like twenty or thirty new tweets yeah I also follow way too many people and I right. follow too many people who are too verbose on Twitter yeah um, and some of them I want to keep following because I really appreciate their insight and what they're doing uh huh. Um, but sometimes I'm like, I don't got time for this. Yeah. But every once in a while I open up Twitter and I'm like 150 tweets. Like, Oh no, what happened? <laughs> so here's, so this is why I've had to adopt this. I'm going to open up Twitter right now. And that number will be between four and 600. How long has it been? Uh, two hours. Oh, okay. You, so it's been two hours and I have 266 tweets. You follow too many people. I do. And I know that. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm okay with that. And I haven't gotten around to culling them yet. Yeah. Um, but yes, I follow too many people. Now, some of that is there's one person who tweets entire essays. <laughs> um, and I appreciate her insight. Like she has given me a ton of insight into the political spectrum and what's going on in the world right now. Um, but like she also, if you follow her, if you if you give her a buck on Patreon, she curates her tweet, her tweets and her tweet storms. Huh. Uh, and so like I've, I'm considering... Not unfollowing her, but like muting her. Yeah. And when I want to go read a tweet storm of hers, I'll go to that page and then pull through that whole thing. Right. Because uh, she's probably half of those. Right. <laughs> 206. There's a couple people who are amazing on Twitter yeah. who I love and I have followed in the past. Um, Glenn Fleischman. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, it's not a parody account. It's a hidden identity account. Do you know Swift on security? Yes. The, I don't follow her, but yes. But I used to follow both of them and they're amazing. Like they're yeah. so good at Twitter yeah. and they do such great, hilarious and incredible and like insightful stuff, but they tweet a hundred times a day. Yeah. At least. Absolutely. And yeah, Alexandra Aaron, who I'm, who is the next person I'm mentioning is the same way. She tweets hundreds of times a day. And so I've unfollowed them and I rely on the fact that other people I follow follow them and will retweet their the important best things. things. Yeah. So it's like a it's a little filter of like I'll see retweets yeah. of the people who tweet too much. Something else I do is I follow some of those people on alt accounts. Uh-huh. So I can switch over to those and and yeah. and binge a little bit. Yeah. No, the point I was making when before I got to that is I got home Sunday night, about eleven o'clock. Um, and I tap the top, go all the way to the top of the list, see what's up. You know, I know, oh, yeah, the Oscars were on. Like, I wonder if they've announced Best Picture yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they hadn't, but I'm I'm scrolling, you know, scrolling, updating. And I'm getting ready for bed. And it's like, La La Land wins. And, of course, everyone knows La La Land was going to win. Like, that was the, the mm-hmm. surefire, not a long show at the, all. It was the dreaded expectation. Yeah, I mean, cool. Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And uh, even Kermit the Frog tweeted, like, congrats, La La Land, on because Kermit has a Twitter account in case you didn't know. And oh. it's, it's 100% official. Like it's verified. Really? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he's verified, but it was, 
So the Muppets TV show came out a year or two ago on ABC. Uh huh. Just called the Muppets. Okay. And it was not good. And I love the Muppets. Oh. And it was it was bad. Like it was okay at best. And it started to get better at the end because they kicked out one of the showrunners and brought on a new one to start turning things around. It was getting better, but ratings were too low and they canceled it. But as part of the promotional thing, all of the Muppets had Twitter accounts. Ah. And they're all still active? Hmm. Like somebody at ABC or Disney or whatever has been keeping these running Just for a year or more post-cancellation. That's awesome. And I follow them all because I love the Muppets. Uh, and so Kermit the Frog tweets, you know, congrats, La La Land, whatever. Um, Vox puts out their pre-written article. Like, <laughs> like literally, it was like minutes after yeah. the announcement. Um, and I follow Vox Media. Like, I actually enjoy a lot of their work, mm-hmm. um, particularly their their uh, culture criticism. So, like, movies and TVs and things like that. And I put out there, you know, La La Land best picture, but should it have... Right. Um, when I was reading through it, and it was this sort of article about like La La Land is like the perfect movie to win Best Picture. Whether or not it's actually good is sort of on the thing. Like a lot of people really like it, but is it really like the Best Picture that came out this year? But it's a it's a movie for winning the Best Picture award. Yes, yeah. like it, well, Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. Like that's been established for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's like old world Hollywood meets new world Hollywood or whatever. Like I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know if any of this is true. But yeah, that's no, what no, I've no. heard. Uh, and so I'm reading through that and kind of just skimming it because it's, it's kind of one of those round tables. I'm like, wow, they they really did have this pre-written. Like they just, <laughs> you know, yep. said it live. I guess it was that much of a shoe in. And then I switch back to Twitter and it is literally like a screen of like WTF. Oh my God, what is going on? Yep. What? What just happened? Yep. I turned off the Oscars. What's happening? <laughs> like, and no explanation of this. Yeah. No one, no one says what happened. And then, oh my gosh. It's no. Just, yeah. They're just, and they're, cause, and well, and that's one of the reasons I skipped to the top because it was all Oscars talk. Cause I'm like, I'm skipping the Oscars. I don't care that much. Right. So I'm going to skip all the live tweets of it. And and people are just losing their mind, like live, like in front of me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get out of bed and go turn on the TV and see what's going on because that's way too much of a hassle. Right. But then I'm starting to figure out, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what is happening? What is going on yeah. at the Oscars telecast? Like, Warren Beatty's involved. Like, people keep talking about Warren Beatty. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like, did someone just die on like, stage? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what happened. <laughs> um, people are like, I can't believe that just happened. Or this is this is... Uh, this is what should have happened on election night. Yeah. Like, that was yep. a tweet I read. I'm like, I don't know what these mean. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just say the thing. Yeah. Um, and like, I go back to the, uh, uh, like the, the thing that finally, like I'm refreshing the Vox homepage. Cause they, cause like they had a pre-written thing. Like, let's see what they do. Like, are they going to update it? Are they going to put a notice? Yeah. What's going on? Eventually they, they did a very quick re-edit on it and retitled it. Um, La La Land didn't win Best Picture, but should it have? Like, so basically just flipping the script. That's a very clever way to reframe that very quickly. Yeah, it was very effective. <laughs> yeah. um, and there were some few minor edits saying, like, it didn't win, but, and, right. like, these sorts of things. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Eventually, I realized, like, someone starts tweeting about, like, Moonlight won. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm so, like, a- astonished, because I really thought Moonlight was the outside chance. I mean, other than, like, Hacksaw Ridge, but nobody cares about that movie. Yeah. And, uh, like, I woke up Amy, like, unintentionally because I was, like, talking to myself, like, I can't, what? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that's how I experienced Moonlight winning. Yeah. And the next morning I got up and watched the video. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was at work at the yeah. time. And, like, I was able to check check up on Twitter every, 
like 30 minutes or so mm-hmm. just give it a quick scroll through and um I, re- I remember that like almost the same exact thing as you like i'm scrolling through and it's just people talking about whatever and like yeah. yay this movie won this award and like who's what celebrities doing what celebrity thing yeah blah 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 and i don't like i'm not a big movie person like movie industry person the Mm -hmm. Oscars aren't all that important to me but like i knew that the whole like la la land versus moonlight drama was interesting yeah would make for an interesting choice for best picture i didn't i didn't expect any of the other ones to get it no um but like moonlight is one that everyone pretty much agreed like deserved it yeah and la la land was the one that everyone thought would win it Mm -hmm. and we'd all be mad about it yeah because oscar's so white and yeah moonlight all the all the traditional yeah yeah moonlight is like the movie of its generation for like the like black and gay community yeah yeah it's all all these things and la la land is just like oh a bunch of white people being happy like whatever yeah singing Um, and dancing right um but i remember like scrolling through twitter at a certain point at work and that like couple minutes of checkup and seeing exactly what you saw. Like all of a sudden it got to a point where I remember my tweet bot can display like five or six tweets mm-hmm. at a time on, screen, on yeah. my phone. And there was a section of my timeline where every single one was just holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. And I was like, what just happened? What's like going on? what's going on? And I had to get back to work before I could, catch up <laughs> let it let it keep going for yeah. a couple minutes to yeah. get an explanation so i put my phone away and i'm like what's happening at the oscars and i'm like trying to work and i'm like pondering what could possibly be going on <laughs> and then like 30 minutes later i get another another yeah. chance and i see someone had posted like the video of it yeah what a i mean like i get it like uh, award ceremonies big productions like that they're complicated like people it's never happened before i know but like people you know there's always going to be some mistake yeah somewhere but like this year the mistake was misannouncing best picture. Yeah. Like you made the biggest mistake well, possible. Did you, did you see later what like what actually happened, like the explanation of what went on? Yeah, he yeah. was accidentally given the card for the end it was the wrong envelope, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the envelope for best actress. Which had just won right. moments before. Right. And went to Emma Stone in La La Land. Yeah. So he saw the card and it said Emma Stone La La, La, La Land, Land and he got confused and had his co-announcer announce it i forget who it was someone important probably yeah um well he didn't have her read it but they were both looking at it and yeah. she like he paused and he looked at her and she read it and right. she read la la land because it said emma stone la la land yeah. but best picture cards don't say an actor's no, name they're producer awards yeah <laughs> yeah so they they both looked really confused but they announced it and you know they come on stage and everybody and then, and starts doing their thank you speeches right yeah. And then the guy was like, we didn't win, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Moonlight won. And then everyone freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was crazy. I mean, I wish, I wish, I'm glad Moonlight won. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen either of them, but I'm sure Moonlight deserves it more. I, I trust the critics I follow who say Moonlight deserves it more. Um, I wish Moonlight got to win normally. And ha- <laughs> right? Like, I and wish, have the actual experience of, I yeah. wish the conversation could be like, hey, we we've maybe we'd seen Moonlight and we got to talk about how great of a movie yeah. Moonlight was and how much it deserved it instead of just talking about the like circumstances this, yeah. around Moonlight That's winning. That's fair. But, oh well. Hey, still won. Still won. I want to get a mocha pot. Have you made coffee with a mocha yes, pot? Yes. It's one of the many ways of making coffee I have. Oh, you have a mocha pot? Yeah. Uh, I want to get one. Would, would you like mine? I don't use it very often. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it. Like, it's cool. I don't want your old mocha pot. That's fair. 
Um, no, my parents use a mocha pot, and they have for a very long time. And yeah. whenever I whenever I see my parents, they always make me mocha pot coffee, and it's, I think it's delicious. Yeah, do you drink like a full cup, or do you drink the tiny cup like you're supposed to? Well, I, I dilute it and make a full cup of coffee, but like... yeah. I'm oh, not, I, that's like 10 shots of espresso. <laughs> yeah, well, so I I have, when I've made a mocha pot, just make the whole thing <laughs> and pour it into a coffee cup. That's drinking a full cup of espresso. Yes. <laughs> that's very dangerous. Well, so what I do, it's not better. Um, so I saw a video years ago on how to make Cuban coffee. Uh-huh. Um, which is delicious, but mm-hmm. it involves a mocha pot. That's the first time I've ever seen a mocha pot. So it's like my go-to way if I'm going to make it. Because you you make the pot. You get, it's a six-cup pot is the one I'm using. So okay. The size is six espresso cups, not like normal cups. Mm-hmm. Um, you put it on. You, you use Bustelo because that's yep. the coffee you use. That's the coffee I have. Yeah. I just use an AeroPress currently. Yeah. And... Uh, when when it first starts perkling, that first little bit of coffee starts dripping out, you pour that into a container with a bunch of sugar in it. Oh, okay. And then so you mix that sugar and small amount of coffee into a slurry, and it becomes like this golden, delicious slurry. Ooh. And then you pour the rest of the coffee onto that, and then theoretically you would serve that in tiny cups. Or do what Kevin does and just drink it straight. <laughs> And it is it is black as night, sweet as sin, and strong as an ox. Oh yeah, that'll <laughs> that'll really mess you up. But yeah, it's and I I use for a mocha pot, I use about a quarter cup of sugar. Oh my god! <laughs> Which again, when diluted out into a tiny little espresso cup, is fine. But it's oh, I've cut that back the last couple of times I've made it. Yeah. Um, that's but intense I, yeah, the, one of the things I got really excited about is uh, I don't, are you aware of the Netflix show One Day at a Time no uh, you should watch it it's amazing mm-hmm. it is a classically styled sitcom so like multicam laugh track uh-huh. all of that but it is amazing okay uh, and it, it shows off what the classic multicam sitcom can do hmm. um, but it's, it's technically a remake of a Norman Lear uh, sitcom from the 70s or 80s also called One Day at a Time uh, but it's about a Cuban family uh, who the mother was in the military and got injured and is now retired and uh, has separated from her husband and is raising these two kids hmm. um, along with help from her grandmother or her mother. So the kid's grandmother. And they're living in a tiny apartment in space. I don't know where it is. New York, maybe. Oh, not like outer space. Not like outer space. And in space, I said, because I don't know where it is. Like somewhere. <laughs> On Earth. On Earth. Okay. That you really... Who expectations shot up for like half a second? Yeah. There. <laughs> and it's in space. It's like space sitcom, yeah, yeah. Um, but the family is Cuban, and that's that's a that's a definite part of it. Like the the rough thread of this of the episodes in the first season are sort of leading up to the daughter's quinces or quinceanera, mm-hmm. um, and she doesn't really want to go through with it because she's um, you know modern feminist and is like mm. this is this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but she kind of gets talked into it for reasons. It's a really good show. But one of the like just beautiful little touches I love is they all drink coffee in the tiny little espresso cups mm. made with a mocha pot. Mm. And it's never really like commented on. Like they don't say like this is how we make Cuban coffee. Right. But it's just like it's one of the many things that is super like authentic is such a terrible word, but super like real about right. that family and their sort of world they live in and the, who they are. 
Right. Because uh, the production designers were like, well, if people drink coffee and if they were going to drink coffee, how are they going to drink coffee? Yeah, and like, and actually yeah. like taking their identity into account right. and depicting them in a realistic way that matters. Right. Um, and also the, the grandmother's played by Rita Moreno and she's an angel. A delight. She's the best. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. She's, um, she's so good. So speaking of food stuff. Yeah. Did you have more to tell you about getting a mocha pot other than you wanted one? I'm sorry, I got distracted by saying I no, had one. No, I don't think so. We were just talking about beverages we've consumed yes. on the show recently. You should get a mocha pot. I should get a mocha pot. Um, I have a very bad memory when it comes to our recordings. Uh-huh. Like, we talk and we finish, and then I go, what did we just spend three I hours talking about? I kind of do that, about? too. Like, Amy comes, I get home, and Amy's like, what did y'all talk about? I'm like... Give me a sec. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Like, I, it's just, it's coming out of my mouth and it's not being stored anywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's on the computer. It's fine. The computer remembers yes, for being, me. Yes, it's being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it takes me until I sit down and actually like listen through while I'm editing to mm-hmm. go, oh yeah, we talked about that. And so I realized a couple days, just a couple days ago when I was editing our most recent episode that. I had completely forgotten about like all those like recipes and food things you told me about. And like, like I remember, I remember now sitting here and you telling me about all these things going, yeah, I want to make that. Like I got to go buy these groceries and get all this stuff and make these things. And I didn't, I completely forgot. Didn't make a single thing. That's okay. But now that I've listened to, listened to it and they're in my Mm. brain, I'm like, I want to make those like the chicken and Brussels sprouts and bacon. Yeah. Like we're making that again this week. We've got that. We we have, (laughs) we went shopping on Sunday and we got the stuff for that. Yeah. the, The maple. Bacon, Maple, Brussels, bacon, Brussels sprouts. sprouts. Things. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, super excited. We might do that tomorrow. I'm going to put the chicken in tomorrow morning. Good. To, to brine. Because you got to brine it. Um, but I did make one thing yeah? that was not your recommendation. That's but okay. I made an interesting thing yesterday. Uh, this was recommended to me by a coworker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Bannock Bread. Okay. Have, do you know what this is? No idea. So the idea and the reason why, uh, why he knows uh, how to make it is because it's a, it's a camping bread. Okay. It's really easy to make on a campfire. Awesome. I, I love that idea. Yeah. Um, so it's a quick bread. Yeah. You mix uh, flour, mm-hmm. salt, baking powder. Okay. For, with, the, for the rise. Yep. With water and butter. Okay. Mix it up. Baking powder, not baking soda. Baking powder. Cool. Mix it up. Give it a knead for a minute. Yeah. And then you, I did it on my cast iron skillet. You stick it on a cast iron skillet. Yeah. For, you get like a dough ball. Yeah. Like I kind of like flatten it a little bit. Stick it on a cast iron skillet that's like decently hot for 15 minutes on each side. Oh, man. And you have a little loaf of quick bread. I want to make this now. And I made it. I made some last night after I woke up from yeah, my nap from and nap. <laughs> figured out who and where and when I was. I was like, I'm starving. Yeah. So I made some uh, bannock bread. What are the, what are the ratios? Um, So... I don't know. That's I to, the best. <laughs> I have to refigure this out because he essentially just told me about it, and then I looked up a recipe. Okay. And, but I thirded the recipe, and I'm wondering if I did it wrong yeah. because it was definitely did not have enough flour. Okay. Bannock, B-A-N-N-I-C? O-C-K. O-C-K. Bannock. Bannock. It definitely didn't have enough flour, so I got to figure out what like, the actual like correct amount of flour is. Yeah. Um, it's probably like a cup and a half of flour to um, half a cup of water, like two tablespoons of butter, um, 
two teaspoons of baking powder and a pinch of salt. Yeah, I found in all all recipes it was three cups of flour, a teaspoon of salt, two tablespoons of baking powder, and a half a cup of butter. Yeah, that's what that's the recipe I used. Yeah, but the it was way too wet. It was almost like pancake batter. At oh first. wow! Well, it kind of looks pancakey. Yeah, but like you need you you're supposed to knead it and like okay. turn it into a ball. Yeah, and that and well, you, I mean, and, if you start with those those recipes and add water until necessary that's that's the old bread trick yeah is you know you put in some of the water and then mix it up and then put in some more if you need to right i i put in the whole amount of water and it was way too much so did you measure your flour by weight i didn't so that it was it was one cup so i figured it was easy enough to just do a cup okay fine sorry make, i'm not a, you make bread i know i'm not a purist in that in that one you, you know the importance of weighing your flour yeah but this is like a such a fuzzy thing i, I yeah i thought it would be fine um and if anything i would have taken too much flour by doing it by volume yeah this this one just says i don't know it's two cups of flour two tablespoons of baking powder two tablespoons sugar two pinches salt and water at room temperature so like no 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 measure for water yeah so i'll next time i will just add water until it's good yeah but it was it was delicious i'm i'll be honest with you i might go make this tonight do it (laughs) it's it's quick and easy it reminded me because of um of making arepas yeah because we oh i made them for you you they were very good they're even more simple it's just arena pond flour salt and water Mm -hmm. um but like yeah just Throw a couple things in a bowl real quick, mix it up, yeah. form it, and put it on a hot pan 15 minutes on each side. That's why I make arepas, and with essentially the same amount of work and two more ingredients, I can make a little quick bread. Yeah, I'm I'm going to make this when I go home tonight. <laughs> I don't even care if it's like 10 o'clock. I'm yeah. going to go home and make this. Yeah, it only takes 30 minutes to make a little loaf of bread. Yeah. And it was, it was, it tasted really good. The crust was nice. Um it was like thick and dense and yeah. really it's funny i've way. never made like i've i've camped a lot mm-hmm. uh, i never made bread on a campfire i've done cornbread like cornbread's a pretty good staple yep and and cornbread's one of those things that's really easy to do in a dutch oven yeah uh, but i've never i've never thought about making bread or i never did make bread in a campfire yeah i did make a really good meatloaf in a dutch oven as a kid like that was my staple like i i was really good at doing a meatloaf I mean, it wasn't the world's best meatloaf, but uh, it was the, the trick was also you did it all in a single bag. So you took a large gallon Ziploc bag mm-hmm. um, and you put all of the ingredients in it and mashed it up in the bag before putting it into a pan. Yep. Because um, you didn't have a mixing bowl. Yeah. And it, it was it and contained it was, and clean. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was, you know, like meat, ground meat, eggs, ketchup, and some saltine crackers like that was the the recipe yeah but it was uh it was a cool way to make a campfire meatloaf yeah no kidding i'm used to whenever i've camped and like cooked i just do whatever you can cook over an open fire yeah like you know hot dogs and sausages and sure and those are all vegetables great. just roasted I've, yeah. I've never been a like prepare do you ever do the, the and... pouch dinners uh because no. those were great so you take again you can put anything in them but you do usually some ground beef, uh, some root vegetables, potatoes, onions, carrots, uh, season it with salt, and put it into a wrapped-up foil pouch. And you just throw that in the fire. Mm. Oh, man. And you wait 20 minutes, and you pull it out, and it's all greasy and gooey and delicious. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. 
You can make them at home too. Like you can just make pouches of food and put them in your oven. But uh, but know. it's it's different and better when it's on, oh, yeah. on a fire. Well, when in scouts, we would we did the majority of our cooking in scouts we did over like Coleman stoves, mm-hmm. like uh, you know propane stoves, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but we would always have like one camp out a year that was the open fire cookout, and so it's like we're not bringing the stoves. We're doing everything over open flame. Yep. And you got to cook something. <laughs> um, and your patrol would plan what you were going to cook and figure all that out. And that was also the year, oh, man, we made we made macaroni soup. On the open fire, we did it. We didn't mean to make macaroni soup. <laughs> what? Well, we were like, look, we got a grill. We can do an open fire. We can do macaroni and cheese. Like, macaroni and cheese is easy. Kids like it. We're kids. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Yeah. I don't think we said it in that particular way, but that was the <laughs> idea. <laughs> And we boiled the pasta. We got out, I think we had milk, so we had coolers. We got out the milk, we got the butter, we threw that in, threw in the sauce packets, and just kept stirring it, you know, for 45 minutes. And it was just way runny. It was real soupy. It was too much liquid in it. Uh, and we couldn't figure out, like, what, what was going wrong. Like, we did everything we are supposed to. Uh, and eventually we realized we didn't drain the pasta. Oh, my God. And at this point, your pasta's like mush, right? Probably, yeah. Oh. <laughs> we ate it. That's, well, how camp, that's how scout camp works. Yeah, you eat what you cook. You got to eat it because you're going to be hungry. Um, I was at my youth group went camping one summer mm-hmm. and a similar thing happened except it wasn't the kids it was one of the leaders like yeah it's funny like looking back on that time now like middle school early high school when you look think about like my youth group leaders yeah they were like 23 24 25 yeah. like <laughs> you know they're they're like me like yeah they're, i can't imagine myself being in charge of like a group of a large group of teenagers in the woods no, like that that's sounds terrible horrible. but they did it but so one, one of the leaders like you know just made spaghetti right yeah. they just made spaghetti one night and she just overcooked it so uh, much and it all it turned into like almost mashed potatoes like it was just <laughs> like you couldn't you couldn't like get a strand of spaghetti out of it it was just mush i remember someone like picking up some of it with like a spoon and like throwing it uh, against a tree and it like stuck to the tree and yeah i've i've definitely learned so i've been doing the the cold water pasta method i'm not familiar um so traditionally when you make a pot of pasta mm-hmm. you put on the water you put on the lid you bo- you get the water to boiling you add your pasta you wait eight to six minutes six to eight minutes you strain your pasta yep cold water method is very different um and it's actually recommended both by alton brown and america's test kitchen hmm. uh, but i only recently started doing it is you put it you put the water and the pasta together from the very beginning, in cold water, okay. put pasta in it. Only enough water to cover the pasta by about an inch. Okay. You put those both on the heat and bring it up to a boil. Mm-hmm. And boil it for about two minutes and then strain. How how can it go for such less time? Um, how does that work? Well, because it is cooking as the water is heating up. Oh, oh yeah, two minutes after it reaches a boil. Yeah, it reaches a boil, you boil it for two minutes... And then you're done. Well, does that produce a 
measurably different pasta or is no, it just easier to manage? It's easier to manage. It is quicker because you don't have to wait for water to boil and then wait for your pasta to cook. It requires less energy if you're energy conscious because it is cooking the entire time. It requires less water. Like the only thing you really need is a wide enough pan to be able, if you're doing spaghetti, for example, to get the spaghetti to lay down. Right. Right. Um, rather than having it stand up in a pot. But huh? it's like, I've, I have, that's how I've cooked all of my pasta for the last month or so. And it's great. That's really weird because whenever I've heard pasta advice from like people who are authorities on pasta, one of the things I always hear is your pasta needs to have plenty of water like uh-huh. you have to have tons of free yeah. space for your pasta to move around the boiling yeah. water nope which like helps for you know sticking together and all those kinds of things but you know what also helps stir it yeah but like science scientific, <laughs> scientifically yeah. all that needs to happen is transfer of heat from water to pasta yeah um i don't like that i'm not gonna do that that okay. seems bad like you gave a bunch of real compelling arguments about you know energy and water and time and blah blah blah, but that yeah. nah, just seems and, wrong. And not even America's Test Kitchen would convince you, who literally test hundreds of ways of cooking pasta. Here's the thing: I cook pasta pretty regularly. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Okay, it just works really well every time. <laughs> Why change? <laughs> like if I try this this weird. That's that's interesting to me, just because you are someone who I feel like you're someone who's always trying to maximize their experience. Mm, I am, and I have given you an option that potentially might make your pasta experience better. The cooking of it, the pasta itself, should taste the same at the end, and you and you are hesitant to try it. But is it gonna? Is the experience of cooking it really better? It's faster, and the, and faster is better. I don't no, it I is, just I disagree with that. It is more efficient. That's not that's that doesn't that you you your job a, is being more efficient. That's an argument who looks at lifehacker.com as if it was porn. I don't need something to be more efficient. I just want it to work. You don't want the best way well, to cook you don't want the best way to cook pasta? I do want the best way to cook pasta. I've given it to you. But it's not necess- but fast does not mean best. What's the best way to cook pasta? What are your criteria for best? I don't know. But I intuitively can sense that your method does not meet them. (laughs) (laughs) It's different, so it's bad. 